Today's podcast is sponsored by our amazing friends over at Adorama. Adorama is one of the best electronic retailers specializing in photo and video equipment. They also have a rad blog and video series highlighting content creators called Through the Lens, which you can find on their YouTube channel. We've partnered with Adorama to offer free education through the AOV Academy. So head over to aovacademy.com for free online courses in photo and video. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince, and I am your host. And today we have a very special guest. We have AOV's very own Vice President of Marketing, Brian Rupp, in the building. Brian, what's happening? Not much, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. You stoked to be on the podcast? I am stoked, yeah. I'm stoked to have you. Yeah, thanks, man. So Brian has 10 plus years of experience as a wedding photographer. He ran a very, very successful wedding photography business. And uh, today, he's here to share a little bit about his story. Brian, why don't you uh, start us off with a little bit of background on yourself? So I grew up in Palisade, Colorado, so western Colorado, and loved growing up. I loved, we lived close to the mountains there, and I loved the outdoors, being in the outdoors, having such close access to mountains and snowboarding was really inspiring to me. And yeah, and then so after growing up in Colorado, I moved to Portland, Oregon, or Portland area. Uh, We lived outside of Portland a little bit. Yeah, so growing up, my mom was a watercolor artist, so she always inspired me in a lot of ways to be creative, and I think that she taught me the rules of composition when I was a little kid. So when I grew up, or in college, I got interested in photography. It was something that always came naturally to me. It was something that I would do for fun. My mom and dad had an old Konica film camera that I snagged one spring break or some break from college and started taking photos uh, with friends for fun on weekends. Like I would grab people from school, we'd go out and take some photos and it was always something inspiring and fun to me and something that felt really natural to me. So you were blessed to, to grow up in an artistic family? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think my parents always really honored and prioritized me being creative and I say that because when I look through my pictures when I was a kid, there's a, they paid for tons of rolls of film to be developed of me just taking the most random, terrible photos. So I think that they supported me well in that. That's awesome. I, I feel like a lot of artists that I've met who were, I guess, given more opportunities and, and more or less pushed to create while they're young or... You know, that was accept, you know acceptable thing to do. I feel like yeah. a lot of those artists uh, always end up being really great artists. Like anyone, a lot of the great artists that I look up to started when they were really young because their family was into art or allowed them to be into art and, and things like that. So yeah. it's really, uh, I'm sure you're extremely grateful for being raised in a family that allowed you to express yourself in, in those types of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so how did you, so that's how you got into photography. How yeah, did you yeah. get into wedding photography? Like what were you doing before wedding photography and then how did you make the transition? Yeah, yeah, good question. Yeah, so I was just going to college and I was working in a cafe at the time and I can't remember exactly what spurred it. I think... So college was in the town? So so I was going to college in Newburgh, Oregon. Okay, so Newburgh is where my girlfriend's from, by the way. So yeah. when I hired Brian, we found out that... 
somehow our lives are intertwined via my girlfriend. And so that was really, yeah, really yeah. cool. He yeah, like yeah. knows her I, whole family. I do. Yeah. I know her brother really well. Yeah. 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 So I had photo, I had some friends ask me to photograph a wedding and they, I had no clue what I was doing. I was using that old Konica film camera, but I totally said yes, which was really a, not a great choice. I would say, cause I just did not know what I was doing. So I shot their wedding and it actually came out good, which was really surprising because like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. And part of what made it good was that I shot the whole wedding on a 40 millimeter lens, basically at F 1.4. And then I just printed four by sixes. So the four by sixes looked awesome because they're such small prints at such a fast aperture. So the couple saw them and they were like, these are awesome. And I was kind of like, thank goodness, because I could have botched that whole thing so bad. And that got me thinking along the lines of, wow, I wonder if there's some way that I could actually make some money and make a living as a photographer. I would love to do something creative. So if you fast forward from there just a year, I was working at the coffee shop and one of my friends who worked there, his girl or his wife worked at Oregon Photo, which was a camera store. And so I was telling him like that I love photography. He's like, hey, my wife loves photography. And I was someone I was interested in doing it as a job. And he was like, let me connect you with my wife. So he connected me with Rachel, his wife. And I ended up buying my first digital SLR because I got a job at Oregon Photo. So I got like the Canon discount for being like an employee at a store that sells Canon stuff. So I went from that Konica FT1 film camera to a 5D with a 24 to 105 millimeter lens. So like overnight, like, and I still did not know what I was doing. I just had a nicer camera. <laughs> so from there, and the, the way that I got the camera, cause I didn't have money to buy the camera. I was in college, I was young, I was married. I was just working in a cafe, you know? So I convinced my, my sister was getting married. And so I convinced her, I said, listen, why don't you pay me instead of paying your wedding photographer? And I'll use that money to buy a camera and this will launch me into a career, you know? And I just had her pay me the money she was going to pay somebody, which I think was like, I don't know, maybe $1,250. So it wasn't enough to pay for the camera. So my parents covered the other half and just said that I could pay them back. So I photographed my sister's wedding. I mean, those photos to me are terrible. Like when I look back, it's hard. <laughs> and it's hard because my sister. So I'm going to see them for the rest of my life. So I mean, that will haunt me. <laughs> <laughs> always in a way but that's what enabled me to get the, the camera that I needed right. and then from there I got connected through Oregon Photo um, there was a guy who worked there and his girlfriend shot for a studio in Portland so he said why don't I connect you with the studio and see if there's anything that works out there and I said yeah I said I will I would just second shoot for free you know just to even see what it's like because at this point I'm trying to launch a career into wedding photography and I have no clue what I'm doing Right. So I see this as a good opportunity. So for a quick pause. So at, yeah, this, yeah. at this point in your life, you are open to all opportunities. You're just like, I got to get my foot in the game. Like, yeah. so you're at just this, saying yes to anything exactly. photography point, related that comes your way. Right. At this point, I'm going, I have debt to repay on this camera that I'm holding. Right. And I also am married and, you know, we're supporting ourselves. So I need to make money with this thing right, right away. And your wife is still working at this point. She's still working. Okay. Yeah. 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 So then I, so I go and I second shoot the and wedding. And Leah's his wife's name. I just said your wife because. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can. Leah. Yeah. Now Leah. You guys know, so yeah. Leah. Yeah, she's working. Awesome. 
yeah, she was working, and um, so I second shot for that studio. I and I just gave the images to the studio. I never even saw those images. Um, the main things I remember from that are not noticing that my lens was on manual focus, like that I had shifted it to manual focus and never remembered to shift it back for a long time. So I may have like scrolled through and tried to delete those images so they couldn't see it because I saw that was my opportunity for them to see my work and then hopefully from there get on with the studio and start making a little bit of money with the camera. Right. Yeah. That is awesome. So you've been working with the studio and then... So at this point, you've shot two weddings. So at this point, I shot my sister's wedding. I had shot my friend's wedding. That first wedding I shot right. at the film camera. You're still working at the cafe. Still working at the cafe. I'm working at Oregon Photo as well. Okay. I'm going to college as well. Okay, so you're shooting, you're working at the cafe, you're working at Oregon Photo, and you're a student. Yes. And yeah, you have all a family. Those I didn't have kids, but okay, I was married. But you were married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Hustling, so I had a bro. lot. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough time in a lot. But of you, ways. you grew up working on a peach farm, so you had, you yeah, were I no, had work you, ethic. You were used to, to yeah. hard work. Yeah, and I mean anything. If you're like holding a camera or sitting in front of a computer, that's way easier than being out on a peach harvest. Right. So I mean, my perspective is a little warped. You right. know? No, that's awesome. So then, what happened next? Yeah. So then, the studio reviewed those images, and they said that they wanted to bring me on as a second photographer. So, or I think I had to go and meet with them. Like I remember having a meeting with them and I remember being really nervous about that and like, you know, trying to be as professional as I could and like bring a portfolio and stuff. And it was super casual and they were basically just like, yeah, cool. Like you can be a second photographer, you know, and that paid $30 an hour. Okay. So compared to the cafe job I was working, like I was like, oh wow, so you this is double, a triple my wage. Yeah, it's a three x. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I'm doing something I like. Yeah, you know. So that so the rest of that year, I kind of see things in year chunks how they went. Um, the rest of that year, I I second shot five weddings for that studio. Come to the end of that year, the studio is like, hey, we would love to bump you up to a primary photographer. So I'm like, great. Except I don't actually know what I'm doing. Right. You know? So, but I'm like, okay, so your this work, is... So your, obviously your work is... They're, they're good pleased enough. with it enough to make you a primary shooter. But you, at this point, you're like, I don't really fully understand everything yet. I'm just... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just working out. Right. Know? Well, and I'm thinking, I'm going like, I have no idea what to do for family photos. I have... I still am shooting on auto. Right. You know? Like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Like, what if I get in a tough situation? Right. You know? And can't pull it off. So... Right. But I said yes to that. Good. To, you know, to going for it. And I and think I, that's key, just just yeah, yeah. as a lesson, I guess, while we're telling your story, I think that's key to to early success is saying yes to every opportunity at that. Like, yeah. you're not at a place to be bougie and pick and choose what jobs you want, what you want to do, what you don't want to yeah. do. And I think a lot of people these days uh, getting into artistic industries and fields, they're picky. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yo, you got to let that, your pride and stuff go. And, and if your neighbor wants you to shoot her three-year-old's birthday party you should definitely take that gig and use that as an opportunity to leap in yeah for sure you never know who she knows you totally. never know what other opportunities might come from that because right. the vp of some companies was at that party and loved the photos when they saw them afterwards and they want you to come do their company's headshots or whatever sure. it may be so for sure and i would say too maybe you might not even know what you want to shoot necessarily or you might learn some things in those opportunities shooting things that are outside of your like comfort zone or what you think you want to do you know like i very much formed my vision while shooting right you know so yeah so take them 
That's awesome. Take so yeah. you've had five weddings under your belt as a second shooter. So, you've been bumped up at the studio to a primary shooter. Right. And you're basically working for them. So I'm working for them. I'm still trying to build my own business. Yep. I am still working as well for the cafe at that point and still going to school too. So bumping up as a primary uh, for the studio, I'm making $100 an hour shooting. So oh, way, making some money now. <laughs> so way, better, way better wage, you know, right. and building towards that, replacing my cafe income so that I can work on my own. You right. know? So, so the next year, the studio gives me 17 weddings to primary shoot for them, and I book five on my own. So that year, I learned a ton so, about so, photography. So you have a full-time job so I've as a studio hired photographer, and yeah. then you have your side hustle, which is your own photography business. That's right. all you. Right. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I'm still working at the cafe and still wrapping up college. Okay. Yeah. So and so I book five weddings on my own, and then I do 17 as a primary, which the funny thing about those weddings that I'm doing as a primary is most of my second shooters know more than I do about photography. So I'm gleaning off of them. <laughs> like, literally... I shoot with all prime lenses, and one of the second shooters I shot with that year was the guy who, like, basically showed me that. Like, I had a 50-millimeter lens that I had bought, the Canon 1.4, but I knew nothing about photography, and somewhere along the way, someone told me, oh, yeah, you should be shooting at f4. So I was shooting at f4, everything, because I just didn't know what I was doing, basically. You know, like, right. I was on aperture priority shooting f4. And then that day, Isaac is his name, Isaac Koval, and he is a successful photographer still. He just shot an REI catalog recently. Awesome. And he, he was using prime lenses, and he let me use, like, all his L glass. But he, like, told me, you know, that I should be shooting at faster apertures. And so that 50 I already had, I was like, oh, my goodness, this opens a whole world of possibilities to me because I already have the gear to shoot this way, and I love that look so much. Right. You know? And this too was like 2006, 2007. So there there was less people shooting that way at that right. point. Before portrait mode on the iPhone came out? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way before that. I think before the iPhone came out, maybe. That's awesome. So yeah. So I mean, I shot those 17 weddings for the studio and the five on my own that year. And it was really stressful for me. I mean, I did not feel confident in what I was doing. I had communicated that with the studio too. And they basically said, fake it till you make it. Uh, was their message to me and it gave me confidence that they were willing to put their name on me right. and I also felt like it wasn't my name going out there on the work necessarily like that made me feel better like okay <laughs> like these guys are endorsing me and they don't know what they're getting for sure or they feel good enough about it so right. even if I don't feel good enough about it okay I'm gonna try it right you know so so yeah so that was it was I mean I learned a ton that year totally changed the way I shot I, w I started out like at receptions, I would put my camera on manual and go, I'm gonna, once I had like all the important stuff dialed, I'd go, okay, now I'm going to learn how to do this. And it wasn't, then there wasn't like a bunch of tutorials online or, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that at that point, Leah and I didn't even have internet, I don't think, at our apartment. Right. You know, like we were in college and we were not making a lot of money, so we cut costs wherever we could. So it's not like I could look up a tutorial necessarily on how to shoot. So I just went out and looked at the back of my screen, looked at the computer and reviewed what was coming out of it. That's awesome. And then so uh, 17 weddings. This is year Seven, two now. 17 weddings, yeah, for the studio. Five, five on their own. Yeah. And then what was next? Yeah, and so then the following year, so off of those five weddings, and in this time I start going, I'm really unmotivated for studio work versus my own work right. because I 
don't feel like I'm building something for myself. I didn't feel like my vision aligned with the studio's vision. I was very much like, I want, I want to be the best. Like I want to do the very best work I can. And the studio was just kind of like, just do good enough, whatever. Like right. their bar was way lower than right. my personal bar was, you know? So from that, so I realized I want to do this on my own. And I realized, I think I can make some money at this on my own too. And maybe replace my income, you know? So I think those first weddings I booked like maybe $800, like 500 to $800, maybe a thousand dollars. So pretty inexpensive. Okay, so five hundred to a grand. Yeah, but I mean, they were also the couples weren't getting a lot necessarily. Right. right. I mean, I didn't have a lot, a a lot of experience. Um, I mean, as I got on in that year, I got better. But you didn't let that hold you back. That's the beautiful thing. So, like, here's what people, you know, there's a term expert enough, right? And so, what people don't understand is like, you may not be the best photographer in the world, and you may not think you're qualified to shoot a gig or to do something, but you also got to realize. Just because you may not be as good as all these other photographers that you're looking up to and that you see on social media or wherever it may be in magazines, you're a lot better than most people with a camera still. Right. Even though in the professional world of photography, you may not be that great. Right. But in just the world of people with cameras taking photos, you're actually a pretty good photographer and can right. definitely you're good enough right. to shoot a person's wedding to where they get the photos and they're, they're happy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so that's good that you didn't let that fear hold you back. I think that stops a lot of people from moving forward. For sure. Uh, is the fear of I don't know enough or I'm not good enough or whatever it may be, even though they, they definitely are. So For sure. Kudos to you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Well I was I mean I was way scared. You know, yeah. like I had it was easy to commit to those things when I was getting paid beforehand but then when i showed up to shoot those things i was way freaked out yeah <laughs> you know i remember my wife like giving me a lot of comfort in that time and being like okay let's go do this you know yeah so when you left so the studio gave you a platform uh and an opportunity you eventually outgrew that opportunity right decide to go out on your own right is your wife still working at this time or did you is this the point where you guys just kind of went full in on yeah you doing your thing yeah so the following year I booked 25 weddings on my own. This is year three? Year three. And then I have like three weddings through the studio. And those weddings are really hard for me to get through. Those three with the studio, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, but I booked a lot on my own. So I, we were able to, in year three, my wife and I quit. We both quit our jobs um, and just started working for the business full time, basically. So year three is you finally start making some money. Right. Yeah, exactly. What are you yeah, charging enough. for weddings at this point? I can't remember. I still don't think a ton. I mean, I want to right. say like maybe one to two thousand dollars, maybe uh-huh. fifteen hundred dollars. You know, but I had quite a bit of volume, right? So that made made the difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. Know? So, because um, at twenty five weddings plus whatever I was doing for the studio, right? And I think through that year I was still working, you know, other jobs as well, and up until we quit. Yeah. So know? just hustling. So, yeah, just hustling. Doing yeah, your just, thing, but just still hustling to, to, to yeah, just yeah. make it happen. Yeah, to make which it is, happen. Yeah. Which is really what it takes, you know, to, to, to be able to follow your passion. It's not as easy as just doing the one thing. You often have to balance lots of things to get to the one thing. Totally. Uh, and so that's super admirable that, to see how you, like hearing your journey on how you stuck that out. How did you go from getting five weddings to on your own to 25 weddings what does that process yeah. look like like what were some of the things you were doing to to book these weddings yeah i mean 
it's I feel like it's easy. Like I always tell people, if you can book five weddings, it's easy to turn those into a lot of weddings. And it's partly because you interact with so many people on a wedding day. So there's so much opportunity to be in front of people. And like if you're just like generally nice to people, right. like and if your work's good, like a lot of people are seeing you and your work. So do you think yeah. it helps to be a little more outgoing and, and network? Absolutely. Okay. So for even sure. for the guys yeah, that are for sure. introverted and shy, it's like, hey guys, that's okay to be that way. Yeah. But this is this is a different this is This is your, people. This is your yeah. time, right? Yeah, this yeah. is your business. And yeah. if this is the business that you want to be in, you, you need to know that networking at these weddings and, and smiling and talking to people and saying hello and starting conversations is just a, is a part of the business. It's part of your prospecting. So you're working Absolutely. and you're also prospecting your future, future business at, at the, the same, same time. time. Absolutely. Yeah. And the great thing is your clients are most likely in an age bracket where they have a bunch of friends that are getting married too. So sitting at that wedding you're going to have several couples that are getting married potentially in the next year, I mean, or even sooner. That's so true. So, I mean, you're, so it's easy in that sense. Like It's like that waterfall effect. I, I feel like one friend gets married and then all of a sudden all your friends just start to like doop, doop, totally. doop, doop. All within a few years are all just getting married. And, yeah, and if, if you're the guy that's in that network and you're plugged in as the guy. You, yeah, then they'll hit you up. And they all, like their whole friend group will be comfortable with you. So they'll be like, we got to have prints for yeah. our guy because we know him. You know? And that's like the power of referral marketing, right? There's probably totally. nothing more powerful than, you know, Diane telling Jessica that, hey, you know, Jessica, you, you know, you're getting married and you were talking about a photographer. Brian did ours. Here's what the photos look like. He's amazing. He's professional. And yeah, you should hire him. And at that that point, I almost always take, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. especially if it's from it's someone like done, you yeah. trust, right? If it's from a friend, you're like, oh, yeah, perfect. Like, I don't, one last thing I have to worry about. I don't have to stress about trying to find some random photographer online, like right. I got a great referral and we know he's good because he shot their wedding. And Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, because for couples it's overwhelming if you try and find vendors. Like, yeah. So if you have a person saying, hey, Prince was awesome, then they're going to instantly hit you up and you have a huge leg up. Right. You know? What's your workflow like at this point? Are you still, do you have workflow? Or are you still just like kind of just... Yeah, I mean, I was just figuring it out. I mean, yeah. I was super slow in editing. Like, I was very much, I am like a perfectionist in a lot of ways. And so, I mean, I probably spent like 40 to 80 hours editing weddings. Wow. Um, I mean, a lot of it still, I'm like, I don't know what I'm, I don't feel confident in what I'm doing. Right. You know, so I'm still like figuring that out. So a lot of what I'm doing is saying, I need to build an incredible experience for these people because I don't know that I can deliver on the photos but if I can deliver on the experience like the photos hopefully will be better for it and the photos will be good enough yeah. you know and so that's what I did so I mean so a lot of that stuff too is like pre-wedding stuff with couples meeting with them asking them questions and sincerely taking interest in them to understand like okay what is this day like what are these people like what do they care about how am I going to do this the best I can you know, and, and I did a lot of stuff handling to like schedule, like handling a schedule and a shot list as well. And a lot of that stuff was protecting me because I wanted to show up and know this is what I'm agreeing to do. And they have agreed to this as well. And it's just a matter of checking it off at that point. Right. And then anything on top of that is icing on the cake. So that's probably totally. going to feel great when you, when you're like, Oh, I've nailed these shots, but man, I have all of this amazing stuff. So they're going to be real exactly. to know cool he got what he sh told us he would deliver but Plus we also all have this. all this other amazing stuff exactly 
yeah. And I think since I didn't know what I was doing, in a way, it gave me a leg up because I was just going off my intuition on things. Right. So it's interesting as I look at my years, like early on, my work in a way felt stronger. Um, and it was partly because I was just moving on intuition, shooting what I felt like shooting. Then I like learned the rules of photography and that kind of hemmed me in a little bit. And so I, it made me feel good because I was like, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing totally now, you know? But then it like, I, it boxed me in, in a way to where I was like trying to follow the rules. And then that made me less creative in a way. Not like, I don't think clients would notice that or anything, but just for me, it was like my life doesn't, my my work doesn't have quite as much life as it once did. Right. And and I think, I think that's just the creative process, right? I think that's everyone's creative process. You start out in no man's land, right? It's like art's art. Yeah. yeah. There's no rules. There's no like, oh, this is like, and your music or your art or whatever doesn't make any sense, doesn't have rhythm, doesn't have this, doesn't have that, doesn't have balance, doesn't have value, doesn't have composition, doesn't have all these things that are, are, are key elements to creating different types of art. But that's like a big learning experience. And then I feel like oftentimes you get educated and then you go through like this formal time period where like you're very strict and you're like oh i'm shooting a landscape so i have to be on a tripod and i have to be at at least you know an aperture of 6.3 or 7.1 you know or even more open than that or closed down than that and there's all these things and then after that then you get to bring the two together which is the best like that's like the third phase of like being an artist is like we're like okay i can bring back my wild artistic crazy ideas but now i can do that while understanding the mechanics, like understanding the art and the science, right? Because there's right. the art of having, you know, being stylistic, finding a composition, getting in the brush, adding foreground, doing those things. Right. But then there's the science of knowing the right aperture, the right shutter speed. They're going to be running and there's five people running and jumping into the lake. You can't shoot five people at, at one eight, one four, jumping right. in the lake at a, at a slow sl- shutter speed. You have to be, you know, closed right. down at the fast shutter speed to get the shot. And that's the science, the technical right, side right. of photography. And when you can merge, yeah, when you get to that to point stuff. to bring them all together, then that's when it gets fun. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's when you're like, okay, I got this. Yeah. And I can do all this cool stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So year three, you, you know, you're full time, you're making money, you're still side hustle, yeah. side hustling, uh, yeah, so year, year three, I think we went full-time at the end of that year. Okay. Yeah, so I graduated from college in the winter time, and then I just went full-time. So, which I was grateful for because the job market was tough in that time. And to be in a spot to just go, actually, I don't even have to look for a job. I'm actually quitting my other job, and right. I'm just jumping into photography full-time. And I, I have to say, too, I did have uh, a little bit of a backup plan, and that was the studio. I had... I had gone to the owner of the studio, Ben, and said, hey, man, I want to go full-time at this, but I'm nervous about doing it. You know, would you be willing to utilize me for other things? Like, I want to shoot my own work. I want to keep my dates open for me, so I don't want to shoot your guys' stuff. But could I maybe design albums for you guys or use some of my other skills? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. But he was like, but you're not going to need that, honestly. And he was like, "It'll." he's like, it's it, it will be fine but if you need help let me know and my, my main thought was the winter time you know getting right. through the slow because i went full time in during in, the dead dead yeah yeah in the slow time. it's not wedding season you know? yeah yeah exactly I so mean, it wasn't cool to get married in iceland then right no, no, not yet, not yet. Yeah, yeah. 
So, but yeah, then once I started full time, I mean, I, it was one of those things where you're like, how did, was I ever not this? Because there's so much more like to do than I could ever get done. Right. You know? Right. So yeah, then we jumped into that year shooting full time. Um, and we shot somewhere, I don't know, somewhere from those years, I just started shooting like in the 30 to 40 weddings a year range. Uh huh. So a lot. So you went full time year four, hundred percent of the incomes coming from wedding shooting. Yeah. It's awesome that you, I think it's, you made a good point earlier by going back to your original employer, the studio. It's really smart that you kept that relationship good. Like you didn't, you didn't burn them and say, Hey, I'm out. I'm better than you guys. I don't need to be here. Uh, you kept a good relationship so that when you did go out on your own, you're like, Hey, I'm a little nervous and I'd like to also have some other income just in case this stuff doesn't work out. And because you had, you know, you left on good terms and built a good relationship there, you know, you had other opportunities as well, just in case, you know, your stuff didn't go as planned, even though it sounds like it went great. Yeah. Yeah. It went way better than expected. So what, so at some, at this point you're becoming more professional for sure. What what type of changes? Like, what are the key things that you started doing differently that really allowed you to go from, you know, making thirty grand a year shooting weddings to like making some 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 money? Yeah. Like, and that, are, have you upped your rates again yet at this point? Or yeah, I definitely had up upped them some for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what to. Probably like around, I don't know, probably two to three thousand a wedding at this point. So what are you, you making know? about a year now in year four? I mean, if I'm shooting, I can't. I I think this was probably year four. At the at, in year four, I'm thinking like the years blur together now because it's been so many years. But I think yeah. my thought was, I need to make ninety thousand dollars a year, uh-huh. gross, and because I know, I mean, you got lots of business expenses, right? And so I'm so that is whatever for whatever reason that number sticks out in my mind, right? So I'm going. I need thirty weddings at three thousand dollars, and I booked more than. So I booked somewhere in the mid-30s. So you tripled your income from the prior year. I think so, yeah. Maybe closer to double. Okay. That's still still awesome growth. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, it was was huge. That's amazing. Yeah. And so what what were those differences? Like how did... Was it just raising the prices? What else changed that allowed you to, to double, triple that income? Yeah, yeah. Raising prices for sure. Um, I think I got a lot faster on the workflow side of things too. You know, so just being faster at editing, being able to do more work. Um, I think I still wasn't super fast at that point. I think I still, I mean, I think I had way more work than I could do, take on. Right. Like I had way more work to do. I was working a lot, you know, long hours on that stuff. So, right. Um, so yeah, and then, I mean, at this point too, I'm fully geared up. Like I have backup cameras. Um, you know, you need a backup camera for weddings. So right. this, and that was one challenge initially for me was because it's like, great, I have one camera, but you actually need two. Right. And realistically, you should be able to produce the same quality of images. So you basically need two professional level cameras. The studio was like, hey, just bring a film camera, which I was like cringing about that. But I was like, okay, if they're saying they're okay with that and it's their name, then I'll do it, you know? Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So... At what point did you like, when did you lock everything down and you started like making good money or like what was your best year? Yeah, yeah. You know, or like. Yeah, I mean that, 
I think it got pretty consistent after that point. Yeah. Like after year four, then okay. my income got fairly consistent. Like I would raise prices and I would try and take on a little less work. I also, that 90,000 number, the 30 weddings at $3,000 was based solely on weddings. So I knew right. also I have album sales, I have print sales, I have portrait sessions. I have all this stuff additionally. So to me, that was my base that I was shooting for. Right. And then it was like, let's exceed that. Right. And that's what I did. Okay, so, so year five, six, like you're making six figures now and, and yeah, solely gross. working, so yeah. grossing six figures, and, and but solely working in the photography field. Like all your income yeah. is from photography-related services. Yeah, we had no, yeah, we had no other jobs from 2009 until I came on with you. I haven't had any other jobs at all. It's all just been solely through photography and through my business, so... And we did a lot of stuff in that time too. We had two kids, Wellington and Pearl. Yeah. Um, and we've had we've owned a couple different houses, and yeah, it was all photography, which always blew my mind because I would look at my <laughs> camera and I'm like, dude, this is the thing that's like giving me a life. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. That's got to be the best moment to realize that your wife doesn't work. She's staying at home with, the, with your two kids. Yeah, yeah, because your wife didn't hasn't worked. Yeah. So and you're working full time and it's like this tool, this thing that you love and are passionate about is has created a life for you and your family to be comfortable. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's so beautiful. I think another cool thing is like year five. I have this thing about five years. For anyone with any type of business, like it's usually about like from my experience, it's about it's like year three is like when you're like, okay, cool, like I'm actually making some money. Yeah, year yeah. four, it's like, dude, we're cruising. Year five, you're like, it's good. Like, we have business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're rolling. We have business. We're right. dialed. Like, right. like things are like this is really exciting. Like, right. I no longer you don't have those stresses about where the next paycheck's gonna come from and these things. And I think it's it has a lot to do with you know grit, being passionate, and and more than anything, consistency. You know, showing Absolutely. up every day and and staying consistent. You didn't give up. You didn't say, oh. I only made 30 grand my first year. This is not enough money. Like right. I need to go find another job. You stuck it out. And I think that's the hard part for a lot of people is getting through the first three, four, five years. Right. You right. know? Yeah, totally. And, but it's funny because your growth for income is exponential when you work for yourselves. Right. If you would have just got a job, yeah, maybe you got a job making 45 a year. So you're making more. But then when it's all said and done by year five, you're making Fifty-five, right. sixty thousand dollars a year. Maybe, yeah. And yeah, maybe. And instead, on your own, you've right. you know have already three, four x that right. same income. Yeah. Uh, by doing it on your own, even though the early years are a little rough. Right. And so I think being able to stick those, stick it out, and stay true to yourself, and stay focused, and yeah, to work hard, and to have faith in yourself, and that it's gonna work out. Because I think that's a big thing as an artist, like, and as an yeah. entrepreneur, business owner, like. Yeah. You have to have faith, you know, and for sure. that you're going to succeed. And you've also had some other businesses. You had a photography booth. Tell me, how did the photography booth yeah, yeah. come about? And, and what, what, yeah, how does that yeah. work? What is it? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have a photo booth. It's called Booth Shakalaka. And it basically was just a way, like what you're saying, you know, about your income and, and you have control over it, which is a cool and empowering thing, you know? So I thought... What can I, I don't, I don't have more hours to add myself and I didn't want to go the studio model of hiring a bunch of people because that sounded crazy to me and I was a dad of little kids and I didn't want to get things too wild. Like I wanted to show up and be a good dad 
And so I thought, okay, I can add a photo booth easily. And I knew a lot of people in Portland that had photo booths or they might like use their camera as a photo booth and set it up. But I was like, I'm going to build a rad photo booth. So I invested in that. I had a buddy who is a contractor. He does just killer work. And so him and I worked together to design a booth. Like I told him what I wanted basically and he built this thing out and it was it was beautiful. I mean, my goal was like, I want it to be a rad looking thing at people's events. Yeah. You know, that's so cool. You did. Now you're like, yeah, really like now you're getting to merge you're still your passion photography, but now you're getting a lot more entrepreneurial and exactly you design, you're building a product. You built, you designed and built a product. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw it's an easy add on when a couple is comfortable with you already and they want a photo booth, they're going to go like, we're going to go with Brian because we trust him already He's going to come through on this for us versus opening a whole new relationship with somebody else. Right. So I thought, I'm going to add this thing in and it's going to be awesome because it's, and my idea was that it could be unmanned. Like, and as I like did my research and stuff and talked with a big company who does software for photo booths, they were like, yeah, they're like just printing money in the corner, you know? And I was like, that's <laughs> sweet. Like, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> So, but it wasn't quite like that. It was a little bit more complicated. And I realized I need somebody there to handle it because I need to be solely focused on what I'm doing. So I can't be like looking in the corner all the time and being like, is the photo booth okay? Is there a drunk person knocking it over right now? Like, you know, so I ended up hiring an assistant to run it just to handle everything so I could still handle the wedding. But it was... it was, I mean, it was... At that point, cool. it's just an hourly wage, though. It's nice. Like, as a business owner, it's like, cool. Yeah. You just find someone, pay them a good wage. They're happy. They're there. Man in the booth. and Yeah, yeah. And I have, like, right now, I have a group of three gals that run it for me that are awesome. And I pay them a good wage, like $25 an hour, and they're stoked on it. Yeah, like, no, that's amazing. Yeah. And they, I mean, I still, I live in Boise now, but they are in Portland with it. And when gigs come up, I just send them the docs, and they, you know... They go out and do the gig and send me the images and it's done. That's so right. It's cool. What were the startup costs you think for that? Pretty high. I mean, and it's partly because I'm so over the top, like yeah. about backup stuff. Right. So I have for the photo booth, I have backup everything. So uh-huh. I have two printers, like the printers are thousand dollars each. I have a forty two forty Ds that I run in the photo booth. I have two. The photo booth world is all PC stuff, which is just soul crushing for me to have to buy a pc right <laughs> but i have two microsoft surface pros those uh-huh. are like 800 dollars each and then i mean there's just a lot of other little stuff you know yeah. plus the build of the booth having yeah. that built and having so maybe 10 well. yeah 10 i'd say 10 10, 10 if you yeah 10 if you take it on yourself yeah but i mean if you're if if you take on like the build yeah you know yourself and so now it's pretty i mean is it pretty hands-off like is it a yeah, it's pretty, yeah, other than just minor things that come up, you know, like occasionally somebody drops it or something like that right. and you have to do repairs or something, but yeah. I mean, it's mostly it's, passive income it's, at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's awesome in that way. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, now I'll even forget that it's even, like I'll look up my phone on a Saturday and be like, oh yeah, photo booth's out there today and boy, <laughs> <laughs> That is so cool though. Yeah, so it's cool and it's, yeah, an easy add-on since it's still in the photography realm you know right no that's amazing so what advice i guess do you have for you know that we have a lot of young photographers and i don't necessarily mean young by age but young as far as just being new to the industry and and, and getting into photography instagram's opened the doorway to a lot of and, and technology in general has opened the door for a lot of people to get into photography and a lot of people are shooting landscapes and beautiful things because like that's what's 
inspiring to them and that's what yeah. they love to do. But, you know, no one's necessarily really paying you to go out and, and shoot beautiful, uh, you know, beautiful photos in Yosemite Valley, right? Right. And so for those those types of landscape and lifestyle and adventure type photographers, like what advice would you give to them, you know, the people that are actually looking to turn this into a business and hopefully leave their jobs and, and be able to make a full-time career and living out of it like you did solely just doing photography? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, you could, it's totally doable and it's doable pretty quickly. Yeah. Do you too. still think it's doable today? Yeah, I still think it's doable today. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, you can build it so fast. It's such a people business. Like as long as you enjoy people and interacting with people, yeah, if you'll put yourself out there and right. get connected with people, it can build extremely quickly. And you can probably leverage, especially like people with little followings and stuff. On like, oh, they're probably absolutely. in a, better, a stronger position than you were starting because you were just yeah, yeah. There was you no didn't know what you're doing. They already know the technical part. They understand their camera. They're already great right. photographers. Right. They have somewhat of a following, and the reality is like people value Instagram now. Like the platform has value. Your follower right. account has value. It's like, it's like this intrinsic value that's just there, right? Yeah, people yeah, are like, totally. oh, he must be decent. Like we should definitely right. talk to him. He's got right, you know, good photos and a decent amount of followers. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure, absolutely, yeah, and like Prince is saying, you've got a leg up on me because you actually know how to shoot. So I mean, that makes it even better. So should they be looking for second shooter opportunities? Is that like yeah, the easiest yeah. I mean, place to start? Yeah, second shooter or studios um, could both be really good opportunities. And a lot of times there are Facebook groups. I mean, both in Portland and in Boise, there's Facebook groups where people post up jobs, you know, for second shooters and stuff. Right. So, and there's probably those groups for all cities yeah. and places around the entire world, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should just look and see what you can find or... If you know a photographer in that city, ask them about it because they'll know too. So, yeah, get out there and do that stuff. Even if, I mean, if you just throw up even for free, like there was times where somebody would contact me and they'd be like, hey, I would love to second shoot for you even for free. And I would say, okay, cool. And I would kind of keep them in mind. And then when the right client came along where I was like, I'd love to offer them some extra value and I feel like it would be better for me second shooter along for whatever reason right like maybe to help with family photos or something like that then i would bring in a, a second shooter for free you right know? but once i've like connected with somebody like if their work is decent and they like do a good job of interacting with people on the wedding day then i was always trying to find those people to second shoot for me and i would hire i hired second shooters for a whole year and part of the point of that for me was i don't want to manage 30 to 40 different people for every one of these shoots. Right. So it's beneficial to me to have consistency. Right. It's also beneficial to my clients for me to be able to say, I work with Emily as my second shooter. She's awesome. You right. know, like right. that's who you're going to have. But then also, I actually do have a second shooter named Emily. She worked with me for a year and she's yeah. awesome. But for, for that person, they get 30 to 40 weddings under their belt. So then my Huge. hope is that they can jump off from then because they have a huge portfolio. They've experienced every possible lighting situation, basically. Right. They really know what they're doing. So then they can move on. Like, I hope that they go on and do their own thing. Right. They have you that know? confidence that in themselves that they can do it. Yeah, to know. It. Yeah, they have what I didn't have, right. you know, when I started. So, and but those opportunities exist. I mean, in every city, there's photographers. Just hit them up, right. you know, and ask. And I think it's great for beginners to 
or people trying to get into a new industry to, to make money to take those opportunities. So yeah. Even if you're not getting paid, that's an opportunity to build your portfolio, especially Absolutely. if you don't have any wedding photos to show yeah, you someone if yeah. you're trying to book a wedding. Right. Uh, you know, no offense, you may be a great photographer, but right. l- l- shooting a mountain and shooting people are just very different. So, Absolutely. And even a portrait photographer, yeah, you shoot people, but shooting a wedding is still a different environment than like... Totally. A, a, a brand's clothing photo shoot or a portrait shoot in a studio. Like, they're not the same. Yeah, way different. And so, if anything, the closest thing is probably like an event photographer, <laughs> you know, that it is. understands it that is. it's all about the moment and the people. and Yeah, totally. And you got to nail that. Yeah. You got to be present. You, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what it, it's all about, you know, being present. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I'm trying to think. Any practical advice that you... Like, if... What advice would you give to yourself when you first started that you know you didn't know then what you know now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot Where's of- the main focus? Cuz there's so many things you can do, right? Right. So the dilemma I think today is I want to be a wedding photographer or maybe I don't want to be a wedding photographer, but yeah, I'm yeah. going to because I need to make money. Right. My wedding photography, I look at it as a job, a better job. Right. Because I get to do what I love to do, which is take photos. Right. Even though it's of mountains and not people, but that's going to allow me to make money to be able to take trips to go shoot mountains and right. hang out with my friends and adventure and all these different things. Right. But there's so much noise, right? You have all these blogs and people saying, oh, you need to you need to get a website. You need to build a really nice website and you got to market yourself and run ads and, and, right. and go to conferences and do all these things. And there's so much out there. Right. But what... What is the main, like, what's, what are the real things you need to do to, to start making money and, and really build a business for yourself? Like, where does that focus really need to be in, those, in that early, that first year? Yeah, I mean, on finding clients, you, like, you definitely need a portfolio, but you need to get out there. Um, and that's what's hard. So you don't need like a fancy website. You just need a place, no, whether like, that's an Instagram, whether that is a website, whether that's yeah. just an, a portfolio type website or an a photo album online, just somewhere where you can send yeah, people. Yeah, send people and where they can contact you. So like spend four hours and make a Squarespace website and forget about it. And then that's it. You know, that's all you need. Then get yeah. out there and hit the streets. So like, that's a one day thing. Yeah. I mean, just do that and then, yeah, move on. You right. know, like, and get yourself out there. Let people know on social media that you're wanting to shoot weddings. Call people up. Like, tell them what you're doing. You yeah. know, like, that you want to shoot weddings. Because yeah. everybody knows somebody who's getting married. Yeah. Even, like, it's not hard. And even you'll find random people, like, you'll be on a plane sitting by somebody who's getting married. So be like, hey, I shoot weddings. Yeah. You know, here's my website. And even leveraging your own friend network. Getting on Facebook, Absolutely. Instagram, being like, hey, guys, I'm shooting weddings now. I'd love to talk to, does anyone have any friends getting married or know anyone that might be getting married soon or recently engaged? Like, I'd love an intro. Like, I mean, typical prospecting, right? Like, good old-fashioned. Right. Outside of all this nonsense around marketing and and advertising and all these things, the reality is the good old-fashioned sales works. Like, prospect, talk to people that are... Start with the people closest to you. So like right. in selling, when I, I used to sell life insurance back in the day, and the first thing they have you do is you, you create a list of the 300 closest people <laughs> right, to you. Right. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, but that. the crazy thing is it taught me a lot because it, if I were to become a wedding photography uh, photographer, I would do that. I would sit yeah, down yeah. and say, cool, I'm going to make a list of the 100 people that I know the, the most in my life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out 
to every single one of those people, check in and just say, hey, what's going on, Brian? This is Prince. Right. Uh, it's been a long time. You know, I haven't chatted with you or whatever it may be. I just want to let you know I'm, I'm, I'm moving on to a new career. Right. I'm going to be shooting weddings. Uh, and I'm basically just reaching out to a bunch of my friends and just really basically letting them know what I'm doing and, and just curious if you guys happen to know anyone, you know, here's my portfolio and stuff. Like just so you totally. guys feel confident in, in recommending me or sharing right. my contact or right. even sending me your friend's contact. But I'd love to know, like if you know anyone getting married or anyone that just got engaged, I'd really love an intro because I'm looking to really build my business. And the reality is people, what I realize, people like helping people. No, they do. And they so many, totally do. so many times you say, try to do yeah. things on your own and you're like, oh, I got it. And it's like, right. dude, let people help. Because people, like, right. people help. All of a sudden you got a good buddy and they're like, oh, man. And for all you know, they're big fans of your Instagram. They're like, dude, I love your photography and this is exciting. I want you to right. be able to make a full-time career doing what you love to do. And I do. My brother-in-law is about to get married. Totally. And let me hear. Let me... I'll text him and tell him about you that I'm going to give you his phone number so you can call him up or whatever it may be. Send him an email. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, anybody. I mean, anybody can lead you to somebody who's getting married. Yeah. You know, so just, yeah, start hitting people up. Yep. Meeting the right people even, like, right? Networking with caterers and... and yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that happened for me, um, but it happened organically, basically, which is even better. Right. Um, because, you know, the big... The two big vendors for if you're a wedding photographer are going to be a venue and then a coordinator because those are the two people that are going to be booked before you. So those are who you want to be in with because right. you want them to be like, oh, you just booked our venue? Right. Cool. Like, we were, Brian is the photographer you want, you know? So, but I was able to build those. I didn't have to, like, approach them. I ended up just working with those people on my own. Right. Like, I booked a wedding and they were already the coordinator. So then I just authentically worked with them. And they were like, oh, it was great working with you. Right. I always send vendors my images. Always have. I know some people have a problem with that. But I was always happy to... I felt like I've already been paid for these. Right. Like, I'm happy to give these to these other people. Well, that's, that's what builds them, that relationship. You know? Here's my no, thing. Yeah. So when you're coming to... When you're looking to reach out to someone like a vendor, someone that could legitimately make your business. Yeah, send you 10 weddings a year. Those are people you take care of. That's not... Absolutely. You got to realize everyone's probably reaching out to them trying to, you know, hey, do you got any weddings or anything you can send my way? And <laughs> right, right. It's, 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 it's frustrating. Like, you understand, but when you're at that level, you're like, dude, like, no offense, like, but you provide zero value. You're just wanting things from me and you're right. not bringing any value. And, you know, if I was in that situation, I would approach a venue or I would approach a caterer and say, you know, I'd look them up first, yeah, see what absolutely. their media looks like. And like, right. oh, wow, like right. they only have a few photos of their food or only a few photos of their venue and nothing else. I might contact them like, hey, I love your venue. I'm trying to get into wedding photography. I would love to come shoot a free video for you so that you guys can exactly. put up on your website of your venue or photos or whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden now they're like, dude, that was great. I like this guy. And right. like you've provided value for them. And and this is one of those things to where the goal is hopefully that they send some weddings your way, but right. you're just you're doing a good thing out of the kindness of your heart and you're just right. hoping that like karma, you know, will take care of the rest. Totally. And a lot totally. of times when you do things like that, you're gonna get twenty times the amount back than if you just show up to a venue and say, Hey, I'm a wedding photographer. Or I want to be a wedding photographer. I'd like right. to get some weddings. And they're just like, yeah. yeah, cool, bro. We'll put you on the list with the yeah. other 500 people. But right. if there's a list of 500 people and they're going through and they're like, oh, I don't know. You know what, dude? Brian came by and shot that video for us. It was Did awesome. A He's a yeah. really nice guy. Right. No one else has ever done that. 
Right. Let's give Brian a shot. Let's have him shoot this wedding. Totally. And all of a sudden you kill it. Right. And who knows? All of a sudden you got a business. Yeah. And so there's lots of ways, I think, to to go about it. I think you just have to be, you just have have to to create opportunities. It's like fishing, right? Every time you do something for someone or contact someone, you just have to realize that's a line in the water. Right. And if you only have one line in the water, good luck catching something. Right. If you're not a dialed fisherman, which you're not at this point because you're new to the industry. Right. But if you're casting all over the place and leaving poles out, all of a sudden you start getting bites. Right. You know, and the more, you know, the more opportunities you, you throw out, the, the more chances you'll actually close a deal, get a client, pick up a wedding. And that the wedding networks are tight too. Like I know so many vendors in Portland, we all know each other. So, I mean, there's also people talk to each other a ton. So if a new person comes in and is just doing amazing work, people are going to know like people are going to spread the word on their own right you know? because there's there's also a lot of like people move in and out of this industry so there's room always to jump in yeah you know so yeah well ladies and gentlemen you heard it first brian rupp's story from working at a cafe minimum wage to six-figure wedding photographer uh the way I like to end these podcasts, Brian, I normally give our guests the floor and I just let them leave the AOV community with something inspirational. Uh, so whatever you want to say to these awesome, awesome photographers out there who are curious about becoming a, a wedding photography to, to, to transition from just an enthusiast to be, becoming a professional and making a career out of it, you know, what, what do you want to leave these kids with? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first I want to say hi to Wellington and Pearl, because I think that'll make them smile when they hear that. Hello, Wellington and Pearl. We love you. <laughs> we do love you. Um, but I think I think the biggest... Thing Those are Brian's is... children, by yeah, the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's Wellington and Pearl? <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest thing that I would tell people is that you're good enough. Like, I see that a lot of people have a lot of hesitancy around their work, um, and they don't, they don't feel like they're really good enough, even if they might put up a front that seems like they, they think that. Um, but you're, you are good enough, and your work doesn't define you like that. Um, your value isn't determined by that. So you're totally good enough to get out there and do this stuff, and, and you can do it. And, yeah, I think along those lines, like don't, don't base your value on your work um, because you're just in process. And... That your work is going to improve over time. I know early on, like for me, um, which most of you are probably way better than I was early on, but I so much saw what I wanted to create and I just could not figure out how to create it. And it took a long time and it was hard for me to put that out there and scary and vulnerable to put it out there and feel like it's not what I want, but I still am having to deliver this to people that are paying me. Um, so yeah, you are good enough and you'll get there. So if, if you want it, like if, if you want it, then Brian Rupp, thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you, man. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the AOV Podcast. Our goal here at Art of Visuals is to keep everything free and to keep creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we've picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. 
All we ask of you guys is if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of elsewhere. And just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting art of visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys, uh, like our podcast, our free app, and a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. Uh, so check out our website shop.artivisuals.com go get some free presets the artist presets are still for sale if you want to support the artist and you should support the artist uh, just know that that money goes to them and we're also going to be reworking that commission structure uh, here in the next month so we're really stoked about that but go get some free presets and if you guys want to buy gear please support us help us out go to adorama.com peace